Hey guys, how's it going? Matt from Foulball Productions here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you're doing well. I'm doing phenomenally. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. This is the MFR Podcast number five. The fifth one in this series since the uh, Culture Crime Fighters has taken its hiatus. Uh, I have no update on whether that will continue. So as of now, it is uh, off indefinitely. However, there is good news. There is good Culture Crime Fighters news. None other then the Mr. Vigilante Williamson is in town today in Austin, Texas, in the flesh, in my new city. And uh, I'm going to visit and meet the man, finally see his face, and uh, hopefully have a, few, a beer or two with the man. And I will tell you all about it on Friday's show, because Vigilante is great. Vigilante is the, uh, he's the culture crime fighters, you know? Me and him, we did that show for over a year. Uh, had a lot of fun, did a lot of good stuff, had some good guests, Gary, Chrissy Mayer, uh, Comics Division, Cameron Pasha, hello Luke, Luke is here, Luke is here, I'll tell you all about that, I'll tell you all about that, uh, that storied meetup, and Luke is here, now, me and Luke have been going through it recently, not there's anything between me and him, we're on great terms, but Homeboy has had fleas. And you know this if you watch this show. If you listen to any episode to this show, you've heard all about it. Well, God damn it. If it won't stop. I can't get Luke with the fleas to stop. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I've tried. Look at all his hair. Oh, my God. I've tried oral medication. I tried topical medication. I tried two different flea collars. And this morning when I wake up and he's all cuddly next to me, a little flea, claw on his head. And I was like, all right, time for the big guns. Time for the big guns. It's time for a flea bath. Oh, and there's a flea right now. Right on cue. Right on cue. Unbelievable. These fucking bugs, man. I swear to God, they are so difficult to get rid of. But I did give him a flea bath today. I did. He wasn't thrilled about it. Not at all, but he was very brave. He was very brave, and I was very proud of him. He didn't yarrow much, a little bit towards the end, but for the most part, he just kind of stayed there and took it. And the toughest thing about the flea bath is that it has to stay on contact with him for like five minutes straight. So you have to get a cat who doesn't want to be in the tub, who's a big boy. I weighed him today. He's 16 pounds. He's a big fella. And I had to hold him there in the tub, get him wet, which he didn't want to do, panicked, freaked out. Uh, then I had to like lather him with the soap and then and then like massage him while this soap is, you know, doing its thing and it still hasn't even solved the problem. I hope that I hope that the whatever's on his skin now from the from the uh shampoo there will take care of any of the adult fleas left and hopefully stop the next round. But yeah, it has been it's crazy, man. I'm sure anyone who's had fleas knows uh, anyone who's had a pet with fleas knows it's it's really it's brutal. It's brutal. I cannot believe how difficult it is. Ow, Lukey, you're biting me. You're biting me. Uh, yeah. So God, man, I just keep trying. I'm talking to my friend, she's like, "Yeah, it's a constant battle. You just have to." Uh... Yeah, they are, fucker. Um, got all over him. Get off my cat, you parasitic vampire fucks. God damn, I hate them. I hate them. So many of them. Oh, they're everywhere. Uh, gross. Gross. I'm trying so hard to kill these fucking things, but they are relentless. 
utterly relentless. Ugh, God, they're so gross. Uh, but yeah, she says it's just so it's a battle. You just have to keep fighting all the time. You have to uh, vacuum constantly, which I'm pretty good at vacuuming. But like, yeah, you vacuum up the eggs. You got to like spray stuff around to fight the fleas, wash the bedding once a week. It's, cra- it's crazy. I never had this problem. I think it's because he's a long hair. Because I had a cat with fleas and I got her a flea collar and it was hmm, taken care of like same day. Not this guy. Not this poor fella. He's just been scratching. And he's stressed. You can feel it. He's stressed out, you know? He's not happy. He feels off. He's not his beautiful self, his beautiful, happy self. No, he's got fucking parasites all over him. Gross. And then, therefore, so do I. I have to sleep and feel itchy. Ugh. God, it's awful. It's awful. So that's the update. That's the flea update. It's still going on, man. I can't believe I've opened every podcast for this for five weeks still talking about Luke having fleas. I thought I fixed it. I really thought I did. I was like, oh, I got a collar. It'll be fine. No, not even close. Got so much worse. And then the oral medication and so on and so forth. It's just been a nightmare. It's been a nightmare. Poor Luke. Well, prayers for Luke. Hashtag pray, pray for Luke. And uh, hope that he gets better. Because it sucks, man. It really does suck. And it sucks for me, too. I don't have to keep worrying about this shit. I don't want to sleep with fleas. Ew. I want to sleep without feeling itchy. It's gross. It's gross. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome. That's the flea update. Um, I went to the Dallas meetup this past week, the uh, Friday Night Tights Dallas meetup. Um, I got to tell you, that shit was amazing. That was amazing. I was so happy that I went. I was uh, initially, my mom was supposed to come visit Austin this week. Uh, she was supposed to come up here and visit, and uh, that didn't. That just didn't materialize because she waited too long, and the flight from New York was something like seven hundred and fifty bucks or something crazy. So that wasn't uh, a realistic option, and uh, we had to kind of reschedule that. And so then I'm like, yeah, I just went away last month. I can't really afford to go to Dallas and spend all this coin, you know. Um, but I don't know. Last minute, I was just like, Jake, are you? What's the deal? Are you going up? He's like, Yeah, I'm driving up. You know, coming back same day if you want to tag along. And I was like, You know what? Yes, I do. It was a day I had scheduled off anyway. I might as well take advantage of it. And so, boom, hopped in Jake D's car. He lives in the Austin area, and up we went. I met his his. I met his. I mean, I know his lovely uh, partner, um, and I, I met his daughter. One of them. Terrific kid. Seemed like it anyway. Didn't talk for long, but she seemed like a nice kid. Uh, and then we headed up to Dallas and uh, showed up really early. I mean, we showed up like even before Gary or Jeremy or anyone arrived. And uh, it was pretty cool. It was – I think I talked about this on the cocktail lounge a little bit though. It was a little – I felt a little, you know, different going in this time. Not that uh, – I didn't want to be there. I did want to be there. Um, but I felt a little tonally different you know uh last time when i went to vegas i was hyped hyped couldn't wait you know what i mean just got to see all the boys see everybody hang out with gary you know um and 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 it was amazing it was everything i wanted and more uh and then this time around i guess i just haven't really been watching as much i haven't been uh following like fnt as much i still you know check in um but i just haven't been as in the uh, fellowship as i was when i went to vegas so i felt a little and Wake Down said this backstage. He nailed it. It was a little disingenuous. You know, it's not that I don't believe in it. It's not like I'm suddenly like, hey, you know what? You guys should lay off Disney. They're actually pretty great. Uh, that's not at all how I feel. Um, but I did kind of feel like I was faking the funk a little. 
And that didn't make me feel all that great. But then, like, that all washed away after, like, an hour or so. After seeing everyone there. You know, after seeing that great community that Gary has, you know, all of you guys, a lot of you guys are in his community, too. Uh, and just, you know, seeing the people, seeing Man of War, you know, seeing Red Shirt, seeing, like, these guys, you know, that I know from online. But they're seeing them in the flesh. And they're all, everybody is, there's just such a good heart that's consistent with the people who go there, you know, and, and with the creators as well, you know, with the creators as well. Like I, I, I said that Jeremy, uh, I didn't really get to see him. I talked to Dick Gary for a little bit, but this meetup was wild, man. Like there were lines, you know, going down for, uh, everyone's tables. You know what I mean? Like, like Odin had a line, Gary's line just never ended. I eventually just had to get on it to talk to the guy, uh, Ryan Cannell, you know, everybody, there was just, it was so much more people there and so many more people, the time that needed to be given so that these guys who, you know, do this stuff constantly can connect with the fans, the people who, you know, pay and support him and follow him. And, you know, it was great, but I didn't get to talk to Jeremy. And so zero hours approaching. and I got to get out the door because we got to drive back to Austin. Jake's got to get up in the morning to drive back in Dallas. So the clock's ticking. And I wanted to sign. I got another FNT poster and I wanted to have that one signed too because I got it signed last year. I want to make sure I have this one. I'm going to get one from Vegas. It's going to be like a whole wall, a whole FNT wall. Um, and uh, and then like there was two people ahead of me in line and they were, you know, they were just they were, you know, enjoying themselves talking to Jeremy. And I'm like, all right, I just got to go. So I was like, hey, Jared, you mind if you just sign this? And he like was like, hey, man, like, how you doing? Like took the moment to personalize that moment with me, you know, like said hello and and like like you know, indicating that he remembered me from last year and just, and I was like, totally, I would love to say and talk. I just, I got to go. But I was, I was so impressed with that. I was just so impressed with the, the grace of that, the memory, you know, that you even remembered me, you know, that's cool. Uh, and you know, Ryan Cannell and just everybody like made a moment to say, what up, you know, <laughs> quarterback Garrett, uh, I was trying to talk to him and then he walked away and it wasn't his fault. He's just a million people want to talk to him. And then he comes over to me. He's like, how's it going, man? Like, you know, I was going to say hi. And I was like, right. And then there was someone up in the balcony. He was like, hey, everybody, you know, like a, with a camera. And so I go up like this. Woo. And I bring my hand down and just smash Quarter Black's entire whiskey Coke. It looked like he took a sip from it. And I just slapped it out of his hand and just smashed all on the ground. And I was just like, oh, my God. This is not going great. And, like, QB, like, made the moment to come over to me to say hello. And I just knocked his drink out of his hand. Oh, golly gee whiz. But I bought him a, a, a replacement because I felt terrible. <laughs> I felt like an asshole. Uh, but the rest of the meetup was was tremendous. It was so cool. You know, I just ended up just talking to everybody. I just ended up talking to uh, Minority Home. You know, I talked to Max Von Priestley for a while. You know, I, I saw Red Shirt and I just saw everybody. And it was this, this reminder of, like, what – is special about this group of people and what is so cool about partaking in these things. It's not just, you know, bitching about Star Wars on the internet. It's, don't get me wrong, it's partly bitching about Star Wars on the internet, but there's more to it. There's a connective fabric. And I think I've kind of taken that for granted because when I discovered it, it was so novel and it was so inspiring for me and it was moving. And because it's not as novel, you know, it's been around, it kind of, I kind of forgot how important uh, it is and how grateful I am that, that it exists. And this meetup really reminded me of that. And I was so happy to see everybody. You know, I felt lucky to even be there and to be like recognized 
and to you know be recognized by people that I respect and that I enjoy, that I think are funny and I think are talented and I think are doing good work and doing hard work. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I can't really put it into words, but it was a it was a magnificent experience, and I was I was really grateful to have gone. And I am a hundred percent going to be in Vegas like next day. I think, like, booked my flight, booked my hotel. I'm staying at the Flamingo, by the way, uh, if you want to uh, be there. If you're going to be there August 17th to the 20th, I will be there. Cat hair in my mouth. But I'll be there for the duration. There's going to be the meetup. Probably more than that. Last year, we went to uh, we went to a, an escape room, which was fun. Drank by the pool with Eric Kay. Uh, two different meetups at the Millennium Fandom Bar. Played some poker i mean it was just a dream of a vacation and it was just genuinely one of the best times i've like ever had so yeah recommend it if you have the means make your way to vegas august 17th come out say hi we'll have a few drinks play some blackjack get goofy you know pretty dope pretty dope all right now i want to talk about something i'm like hesitant to talk about because it's personal stuff but I don't know. I just don't know who else to talk to about it, honestly. And so I'm sharing it with all of you. Uh, so, so there is this girl that I work with who I, I talked about this a little bit um, with me and Vidge that I, I took an L arguing with like SJW types or like girls with like their girl opinions about bullshit, you know. And I took an L because she was this absolutely gorgeous chick that I work with, you know, and it's really difficult the social status she carries and her her confidence and her, her arrogance really uh, is very tough to debate with any kind of uh, grace in front of people because she has like the crowd on her side like no matter what and I really wasn't even asserting very much I was just simply saying just putting out there for discussion uh, isn't there something kind of genuine or or just human about like not cutting your face up with plastic surgery just kind of you know giving what God gave you and. Uh, Man, she didn't like that take. Not at all. She uh, called me like a caveman or something like that. And, uh, you know, it was not good. But I, I really felt like it didn't get too out of hand. I just, just firmly disagreed with her. And then when it got weird, I was like, I'm just going to walk away from this conversation. I just don't want to I just want to do this anymore. Like very peaceful. I was just I just don't want this doesn't feel like it's going anywhere productive. Well, the next day at work, her boyfriend, who also works with us, uh, was not. You know, he he he's a pretty cool guy, but he was definitely like, listen, man, you know, you can't tell a woman stuff like that. And I was like, what are you talking? Like, I wasn't telling her anything. I was just having a conversation. She's like, well, that's not how she heard it. I'm like, I can't change how or what she heard. I was simply just having a conversation. Well, that was kind of like the end. That well, the beginning actually, not the end of anything. It was the beginning of this like silent feud between me and this girl at work, right? Like forever. Like now she hates me, and I actually went out of my way to apologize to this girl. I wrote uh, a, like a a message to her with the app that we work to commu- that we work with to communicate, and I went out of my way and apologized. And I was just like, hey, listen, you know, I didn't mean for that to come off any kind of way. I was just having a conversation. I don't, you know, I'm not interested in having like any kind of. Uh, strife with you, you know, uh, if that was, uh, or whatever I fucking said, something, something along those lines, you know, it was just like, more important to have a good relationship at work and I don't want to have any problems moving forward. And it was blah, 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 blah. Very gracious on my part. I felt, well, not to her. She hated me from that on out, like just straight up. I would tell everyone as much, you know, was cold to me, not mean, but cold, you know, but she's kind of a cold human and, uh, would just kind of, there was this growing rift 
of people that were kind of like on her little orbit and me. And I didn't really care, you know, like I didn't like it. No, I don't like to have anyone talking shit about me, you know, and like kind of creating like a little coven against me. But whatever. It's not it's beneath me. I don't I don't need to care about it. Well, what I started to care about it was there was a girl at work that I was seeing and this girl that I was seeing, great girl, really liked her a lot. You know, she's very cool. Uh, these other girls, these other people kind of got in her ear and started telling people, telling her things I said, you know, obviously exaggerated and out of context and making me seem like a monster. And, uh, you know, this girl in question, like I, I was, you know, and it just kind of felt like we were, there's more and more distance between me and this girl. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, why is she being like, uncool like i've been very cool to her you know like i've taken her over to the house i made her dinner i've taken her out you know we gone to like this great cheese shop had like a this cute adorable date you know like i've been nothing but like chill as fuck to her uh and she's just been growing more and more distant and i'm like what's going on and it all came to a head the other night so this girl the hot girl who's the uh, little queen bee chick um she was leaving it was her last day and everyone was going out for drinks and i knew I knew I shouldn't have gone out. So I am taking that. That's my responsibility. I should not have gone out at all. I should have just gone home. And I knew I shouldn't have. I've been trying not to go out after work. I'm spending too much money with wasting my time. Wasting my time and money. And I didn't. I, and I, I didn't listen to myself. And I went out. And it was whatever. I didn't care. I was just, I'll talk with the boys. Like I'm friends with a bunch of people like there. It's, my, it's kind of my you know friend group at work. It's not a big deal. And this girl's there, and I'm completely ignoring her, trying not to, you know, talk to her. But I'm talking to the other girl who I'm talking with, but she's all involved with this clique. And I'm like, this is bad. I don't. This doesn't feel good. Ugh, who care? This doesn't feel good at all. Like they're talking way too much. This this feels like there's some kind of you know little stripping her away from me kind of thing, right? And so we're sitting there, and then the girl in question, the bad girl, says something to me about, she's going, what'd you say, Matt? Like, really aggressive and cunty. Uh, and I was just like, what? And she goes, what'd you say? I was like, oh, no, nothing. <laughs> Fuck, got to bleep that out. Uh, we know how you feel about that, you know. Just alluding to the fact that anyone's speaking in their mind can't do that unless she agrees, you know. But that's it. I didn't want to get into a fight. I didn't want to get into a conflict with her. Um... And then I, the girl that I'm seeing goes to leave and just gives like a group goodbye. Just completely no personal, nothing, not to say hi to me, nothing. Just a group goodbye by everybody. And I was like, that, what's that? And I was like, all right, let me go check this out. So I go and she's talking to one of the other girls out front. And the, the one girl's got this like mischievous little smile on her face. I'm like, what the fuck is that about? And then I go and just just nothing like I go to say goodbye just you know just like like okay see you later like nice you know it's nice working with you you're a nice person no but like just all that was severed I was so upset I was so upset like I was just like wow like that's fucked up that's fucked up because we that what is that like this group of girls got inside your head and now we're not cool because of the shit they said about me. Does that sound like the things that I've said to you? Have you does, that, does their characterization match your observations? 
And I was not very happy about that. And I pretty much just left after that because I was like, I can't. I'm just too upset. I'm too mad. I, I just was not in a fucking good mood about that whole thing. And I just left and went home. And, I was, and it's just it's been pretty shitty since, you know. I just feel kind of ostracized, you know, from my job. And I, I don't know what the hell I did except have the wrong opinions in front of other people. I mean, I'm not mean to anyone. I'm very uh, encouraging. You know, I'm hardworking. I'm consistent with uh, my application of things, but I'm always nice, pleasant, you know? I, don't, I, I just can't see this. And it's, uh, it just feels so unfucking fair to have to go through this, to have to be put through this as if I am some kind of bad guy when I didn't do anything. Like, as least of all to the girl I'm dating. Like, yeah, I had the audacity to disagree with this person. But so what? Get over yourself. Who cares that I disagreed with you? Who do you think you are? Like, and then, but it doesn't matter because of these, these dynamics. First of all, this newer generation of kids is just their fucking, bro. The women, the girls of this generation are on one, dude. Not universally, but a lot of these young girls, especially if they're hot, Bro, it's like hot girls on steroids. It's not just hot girls like normally, like also combine like feminism stuff with that and add like, you know, this kind of entitlement and this indignity that the world's done them wrong and anyone disagreeing with them is. So now they have like these this dual hydra of like feminist, you know, arrogance and also hot girl social status. Bro, it's a scary one. It's a scary one because it's like, what do you do? How do you what do you how do you what do you do? You just. What, you can't disagree with them. You can't agree with them. I mean, if you have any integrity, you can't agree with them. I have integrity. Uh, and, and you can't, you know, like, like what, you can't fight them. <laughs> like, they're chicks. You know, you can't assert your dominance. You just have to, like, like, you just have to avoid them. Like, that's all I, that's why after that, I was just like, I'm just avoiding this chick. Like, I don't need, I don't need this. I don't need the smoke. I don't want to, I don't care about you. I don't care about what you think or your opinions. I just don't want it to affect my life. And up until this point, it hadn't. And then it did. And that was the line, and that was just something very un-goddamn cool. I had to get off my chest because it sucked, and I feel like dicked over. You know what I mean? Because this chick, you know, didn't like that I wouldn't bend to her will. Well, sorry, sorry, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna change how I feel about things or lie or about them or, or whatever like and even so it wasn't like i kept bringing it up it wasn't like afterwards it was like oh, it's a sensitive subject okay fine like i won't ever talk i never talked to her about anything ever again <laughs> never never gave a shit just stopped doing anything about it at all and it's just you know exhibited positive behavior at work it, all these it doesn't matter though it's like once with these certain people especially the hive mind types, SJW types, is sort of like aggressive girl types. Once you wrong them once, once you've had the wrong opinion one time, you've been caught having the wrong opinion, or you wrong them one time, that's it forever. It's over. It's over. It's crazy, man. It's genuine persecution. <laughs> like, it's nuts. Use social power. Use, like, you know, like the hierarchies at work to, like, squeeze you. It's, it's wild, man. It's scary out there. It's scary out there, man. I, I, don't, I don't know how to navigate it. Like, other than show up to work and don't say anything to anybody about anything other than work, you know, which is like, how do you do that? How do you do that for eight hours a day? That's crazy. How do you do that? Also, it's a social environment where we work at a restaurant. I don't know. 
I don't know, but it's been weighing on me hard. And I, I just, I'm like, man, I find myself in this situation that I don't want to be in. How did I get here? You know, part of it is me. Definitely part of it's me. Fraternizing at work. Not a great idea. Doesn't often work out, especially in the uh, high emotional environment of a restaurant. It's not like a uh, office where, you know, you bump into each other a few times, then you see each other out of work or whatever. Uh, restaurants is like this, always like this energy around it, you know, and people's emotions get high. And it's a, it's probably not, the, it's, it's not, it's not a smart thing that I did, 100%. But the other thing is, the other side of this, I don't have much life outside of that job and YouTube. You know, there's not a lot of free time for other things. The gym, YouTube, work, occasionally going out with a buddy. I mean, that's about as much time as I have. Where is all the time to fill in and find women and and navigate and vet and date? If you meet someone that that you like at work, it's kind of natural. Obviously, it kind of blew up in my face, but it's still like, man, that's fucking dangerous out there, boys. It is dangerous out there, man. Watch out for these girls. They're out for blood. Out for blood. You got the audacity to disagree. You got the audacity to say something they don't like against, you know, your patriarchal white man, blah, 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 whatever the fuck. Bro, prepare to reap the whirlwind, gentlemen. It's The Rock. Ed Harris from The Rock. Mm, Great movie. Great movie. So that, so that. I just had to get that off my chest because I felt like if I didn't say it, I was just lying to you. And I don't want to lie to you. I want to be honest. I want to be a straight shooter. Pew, 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 pew. Shooting straight right at you. Uh, so thank you for indulging me with that tale of woe and uh, and pussy. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, it's been some shit I've been going through and I'm really not. It's like there's like a hangover on it. Like I, could, I feel negative, you know? I feel bad. It's like I'm pushing it away, but it's still kind of hanging around. And I want to get rid of it. want to move past it. But right now, I'm just in it, and that's how it goes. So thank you for listening. All right, on to other topics. Uh, I finished watching Severance. I finished watching season one of Severance, and I got to tell you, I think I really, really liked it. It's a really clever show. It's weird. It's bizarre and very, very different. Like Unlike uh, most shows I think I've ever seen. It reminds me a lot of that show... That kind of came and went, but I thought was really good. It was with Jonah Hill and Emma Stone called Maniac. And it was essentially about, and it was like this, another one that was just this bizarre, like, tilted reality uh, that resembled our world, but also was very different. And had, like, a similar motif of this sort of 80s tech, but in the modern era, this, uh, this sort of cassette punk thing that exists. This sort of, you know, like cyberpunk, but, you know, cassettes. So it's got that kind of bulky computers and big phones and stuff. Uh, and it was, uh, and, and so it, it, to me, it seemed almost directly inspired by that. Maniac is the show where they're basically trying to develop like a cure to psychotherapy. They're just trying to give you a pill that'll fix it and you never have to go to therapy again because the main character or the main doctor behind the study has like serious mommy issues with a woman who's a uh, like pop psychologist and is all just awful. I think Sally Field plays her. And so he's just trying to break away from that because he hates her so much. And in this show, uh, the main character works for this tech company called Lumen, which is this really bizarre company uh, that like on it's it's like kind of an apple you don't really know what they do you have no idea they're like a tech firm and you get like a little bit of a history like they've been around since the 1800s or something it's very strange and they're also internally very like rever- rever- referential to the 
the founders and the people who own the company, like Hale Keir or whatever, like the guy who runs it. And they have like these passages. And anyway, the people who work inside this office are severed and you sever off part of your brain to go into this office. So basically when you're in the office, you have no memories of the outside world. And when you're outside the office, you have no memories of what goes on inside of, of, the, uh, of Lumen. But what ends up happening is these kind of alternate personas are created inside of Lumen and they kind of live there forever. It's sort of, they're sort of trapped and it's like this kind of hell. And it's really interesting because it's like a very strange thing. They're kind of treated like children, like the rewards they get for accomplishing their goals of the work that's very mysterious is uh, not like they're, they're really uh, infantilizing. They're like you get like a finger trap. You know, it's all kind of quirky. It's all like a little weird. And if you really do great, if the quarter does terrific, you get a waffle party, which at the end of the, the show, you get to see exactly what that is. It's partially what it sounds like. And it's partially like, what the fuck was that? Uh, it got pretty weird at the end there with that for that particular thing. And uh, in the show, there's this girl who just kind of gets there, and she's probably the most rebellious of anyone in this office. You know, there's people who kind of have, like, issues, and there's people who are just into it. Um, but her dissent kind of starts making the others question and dissent, and they kind of start growing curious about the world that they live in and why. And on the outside, you kind of have this parallel with the lead guy and his personal life and his sister. And also, like, the, the backstory with him is that his wife died in a car crash. So he's constantly depressed and an alcoholic, goes on this date at one point and just, you know, gets super drunk and blows it. It was really awkward and creepy. Um, and it was, uh, I don't know, the show is... I found myself really wanting to watch it. Like when it wasn't on, like when I wasn't watching it, like I have memories of thinking about wanting to revisit that world. Like it was very compelling. You know, it was a very interesting show uh, in that regard. And it had like the mystery, like the compulsion of what was happening next. Really? God, it was so hard to not watch the next episode because it'd be getting late. And I'm like, fuck, I gotta get up. I just want to watch the next episode. Like I just, I need to, I need to know what's going on. And, it oddly ends on episode nine, which I thought was bizarre. Not eight or ten, but nine. And that frustrated me because the cliffhanger is huge that it ends on. Huge. Gigant probably the biggest cliffhanger ending of a show like I can remember. Like in the in the sense that it just feels like, no, I need to know now. Like you need to wrap this up. You know, it's not I can't, I can't, I don't know like what, what a parallel will be, but it was like literally like, it's almost like this is the beginning of like this, the second act or the third act. You know, it's like, it's like, whoa, whoa, we're not done. Like, you can't just end there. They did. Um, and that was frustrating. I, did, I thought that was a bit uncool to the audience, but I also recognize Apple Plus is an unproven platform. This is a weird show. So they really have to earn their second season. And it's incredibly well made. It's like very slick. It's really clean. It's beautifully shot. It's like it's the colors are really lush and vivid. You know, it's it's just it's just a very very well made show. Well cast, well acted, very bizarre. And as far as I could tell, no real overt politics. And if there are politics in there, it's kind of buried in there deep. And there's nothing about it that comes across to me as you know traditionally woke or obnoxious or preachy or ham fisted or even identity politics like at all. Like, I really don't get the sense that this show is interested in talking about that in any way. And it seems to be kind of critical of, like, the Steve Jobs cult and, uh, you know, sort of people's drone-like relationship with their work. And it's so funny because after I finished watching that show, like, when I'm watching it, like, 
I was, you know, kind of, I was, I'm like watching it and I'm like thinking about the concept. And I was like, ah, like who would want to, why, you know, what's the point? But then with all the stuff that's going down with me at work right now, like, God, I wish I could, you know, I wish I could sever my brain and just go to work. And like that time is just idle and then come back and just collect the money. I kind of like, I empathize with that. Like, I don't think I would make that choice, but I was just kind of like, especially like right now, like I really just don't want to face anyone there. I don't want to go there. Like, I just feel so like persecuted. So it's like, man, that like that idea, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of understand, you know, I empathized. I was like, oh shit, there's something to that. So I do recommend it. If you have access to Apple Plus, it's, uh, it was a pretty good show. I thought, I thought for like what it was, it was pretty great. Um, And then, after that, I wanted another show to watch, <clears throat> and the boys were telling me, uh, was it Sentient Dildo, Hail Sentient Dildo, was saying I should watch Justified, uh, so I got uh, a link to that, um, but it, yeah, you know, that link only works on my computer, and I just, I like watching my shows in my little TV nook, uh, you know, that's attached to the Roku, so, so I, just, I looked up Justified, it was on Hulu, I'm like, I'm not starting another subscription for something, I, I'm just going to stick with what I have. So I started watching uh, From. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show From. Worst title ever, though. So not. That's awful. What is, it's, it's hard to Google. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's not like uh, – it, it's not catchy. You're just like, what even is that? What is From? From what? From where? From whence? Uh, it's uh, a little strange. But the show itself is pretty good. Not – I don't. I can't say I'm as interested as I was with Severance. Severance, I really, really liked. This, I'm enjoying, but not not loving. But I'm compelled. I'm curious about it. So basically, essentially, and this is all spoiled, like within the first like minute or two with watching it. So if you don't want any, you want to know about any of it, I would just say just skip this part. But um, it essentially there's this town that these people live in that kind of has this like Twilight Zoney thing where when you drive to the end of the town you just end up at the beginning like in pleasantville like there's only it's like a closed loop you know and they people these people live there and during the day it's just a normal town hey jim hey jeff how's it going nice to see you all uh and then at night everyone has to lock their doors and stay inside and put this talisman on their door because these like vampire monster things come out and try to get in and they like hunt people, right? And they they like uh, they can't get in if the talisman is, is at the door. But if you let them in, then they'll come in and they will just massacre. Like it's not just um, they kill you. It's like they rip out your heart. Like they open up your rib cage. They just completely like mutilate your body. It's really vicious. Uh, and so there's this family that's driving their RV and then come to this down tree and they're like well what the hell is this all right so they turn back around and then they end up somehow getting this loop and they're in this town and then uh the show kind of goes from there the the rv ends up crashing so they have to spend their first night there like in the rv with like the monsters outside and it's pretty good it's not as good as severance it's not this this not as polished like the scripts aren't as good like Sometimes when people say things, I'm like, that's not how people communicate. Like, that's just not, I don't care what circumstances you're in. That's just not how a human being responds. You know, there's, and then also like characters' motivations or what they're concerned about will kind of shift and flick around like in one scene. 
to kind of make that the danger element higher. Like it's like they get stupid or like they don't have a focus like their character. They're kind of just like, we're concerned about this, but now they doubt this, but now they trust you. It's just like, what's going on? Like it's just needs to be a little bit more polished and streamlined, I think. But the ultimately, I think the concept is greater than the some of the parts. So it's compelling in that regard. And I think I've watched two episodes. I think I watched two episodes. And it was good. You know, it was pretty cool. Uh, once again, it's kind of like uh, Severance in the sense that it's abstract again, you know, because we're dealing, it's more of a horror show, but it's not really that scary. It's more like a thriller, it feels like. Um, I guess they're scary because there's monsters, but it wasn't scaring me. It's just kind of like scary elements. Um, but it's, it's more abstract again. So we're dealing with this small society, this sort of society that doesn't really exist. So once again, there's kind of the luxury to not have to address any kind of identity politics or inequities or inequalities or whatever, because this isn't the real world at all, right? It's dealing with something that's like, oh, this weird, like, space time rift where these vampire things hunt you at night. You know, it's like there's not really a concern with, uh, you know, social inac in whatever they say their their inequities social inequities and historical injustices and blah 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 none of that's there because there's no room for it it doesn't need to be there it can't really and it wouldn't it doesn't make any sense because the only there's, there's only one power dynamic and that's the vampires and the people trying to survive them that's it and the vampires are like really creepy like they'll say like they'll get inside your head or they'll try to like convince you to let them in it's really it's really pretty bonkers uh, but it's a it's a pretty good show like i've been enjoying uh i enjoy my time watching it you know which is more than you can say about a lot of shows so i'll get back to you on like the rest of the series but as of now not bad i think i remember hearing about this a few months ago too like someone mentioned it during one of the cocktail lounges and i was just like what from I mean, I'm sorry if that title's not jumping out at me, you know? Much like the vampires jump out at the kids. Oh, hey oh, Jeez. That does happen in, like, the first few minutes. It's pretty vicious. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know, so far pretty good. And quite frankly, that pretty good bar is about all I can hope for nowadays with modern content. So I'll take it. Pretty good, I guess, you know? Pretty good. All right, a little bit of news story topic, actual trending topics. Uh, so I guess the Elon thing is happening. Elon is buying Twitter. I guess that sounds like that's official now. I'm not entirely sure. All right, here we go. This is uh, from Fox News. Faux news, man. Do people still say that? Probably not. They're not as clever as they used to be. Um so, uh, yeah, I guess it's – well, it sounds like that. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, God, look at those – look at these stock numbers. Everything is down. Oh, my God. The world is ending. Ah, I don't want to die. Uh, Twitter board unanimously recommends Musk's takeover bid. Now, to me, that doesn't necessarily sound like it's 100% going through. It just sounds, sounds like they recommend it, and they're probably like, yeah, we need you to do this because, you know, we're getting a steal selling this. Like, as I understand it, and I don't understand it very well. Uh, Elon's overpaying by like a lot. And because everyone's losing money, like Elon Musk's value, his personal value, like his wealth is down like 30% or something. Like he's still over a hundred some odd billion, but it's, he's lost a lot of money. And, you know, I think buying Twitter was fun when he had like the extra, you know, 45, 44 billion to just kick around. Now that he's like, you know, relatively tightening up his purse strings, it probably doesn't seem quite as funny now. Um, 
but they're like, yeah, you kind of made, uh, you kind of made, oh, that's funny. Vidge just messaged me. Um, I'll have to get back to him shortly. Um, what was I saying? Where was I? Vigilante Williamson knocked me off course. He's still part of the show. Uh, and I don't know, like Elon just kind of wishes he could get out of this one and it doesn't sound like he can. So the Twitter board, after considering various factors described in the section of this proxy statement, captioned the merger, recommendation of the Twitter board, and reasons for the merger, has unanimously determined that the merger agreement is advisable and the merger and the other transactions contemplated by the merger agreement are fair to, advisable, and in the best interests of Twitter and its stockholders, and adopted and approved the merger, the company said. Yeah, it sounds like they're like, well, listen, buddy. Yeah, I don't care if the, you're taking a hit. I don't care if the economy's down. You said you're going to give us $44 billion. We want our $44 billion. Doesn't sound like Elon's like, totally, it's happening. It sounds like, no, they're forcing his hand and he has to do it. The deal, which is currently expected to close in 2022, will take Twitter private at $54.20 per share. Okay, so this is really, we don't, they're not really giving us much new information other than the fact that, yeah, he's uh, probably going to have to do it. Musk emphasized that he aspires to make Twitter an appealing system to use as inclusive as possible. Yeah, I mean, we kind of know. There's really not a lot of information here. I actually thought maybe it would be a little bit more interesting because, you know, he's forced to, it sounds like. But I guess the whole thing with the bots is his big counterargument. He's saying, right, that the fake bots uh, on Twitter is like, they overestimated how much user base they, they, they actually have, which does make sense, right? If you're going to buy a company and it has, you know, X amount of users and you find out it's actually significantly less, well, that definitely affects the value of the company, right? Even though I'm pretty sure he's just using that as an excuse to get out of this deal because he doesn't actually want to buy Twitter. I think he just thought it was funny and then realized, oh, shit, I own Twitter. I don't want to own Twitter. What a pain in the ass. Um, but that bot thing is real. And I don't mean just like in the sense of like how we talk about bots, you know, like uh, or, or anyone who's like pro-Ukraine and anyone who even questions it says you're a Russian bot. Um, I, I've been noticing on my Instagram some kind of strange activity. So I have been putting up a lot more reels because the mighty uh, the mighty wake down has been helping me with editing and it's a lot easier when someone else is helping you do it to post. So I've been posting a lot more and then I get all these likes from these accounts, right, that I've never heard of. But that's kind of the idea with reels, right? The idea with reels, it's like TikTok. It just gets the content in front of people. It's really fast. It's just kind of the algorithm is like this crazy wave and your, you know, your videos can go from absolutely nothing to I have one up from the other day. It's 2,232 views. I mean, that's pretty good for a channel of my size, you know, and like that's I don't think it's translating into more subscribers, but it's eyes on the content, which is all really can ask for at this point. However, when I click on these people who liked it, I'm not kidding, like almost all of them are private accounts, which is weird. Why are all of these accounts that like me that I don't know? Right. And there'd always be someone. They're almost all private which what's that about why why are they all private like what was it all a coincidence like most people i know and follow are not private like i feel like it's 10 percent. you know it's usually like girls who just kind of want to talk to their friends and don't really want guys dming them all day um but like this the so many of these instagram people that are liking my stuff are private accounts and I'm like that's weird like why like what would you what motivation do you have to be private? And I'm wondering like how many of these likes are just Instagram 
uh, kind of trying to get com- competitive with TikTok by, you know, saying, hey, you get all this, you know, you post here, you get just as much activity as TikTok. People will like it. People will click on it. It feels like bot farms to me. You know, it doesn't feel like real engagement. I don't get a lot of comments um, or like any. And it's just a lot of likes from people that I don't know why they're all private accounts like that. That seems strange to me. That makes me question the legitimacy of who likes this and why and where is that coming from. And it's usually just like a picture and like some completely innocuous uh, like profile thing. Like, let me see here. There's a user here, Brandon.wo. He's got 591 posts, 1,000 followers, and he's following 915 people, and it just says bottom of the barrel. This account is private. Um, okay. T-M-M-T-Z-G-R. Only a fool bothers himself with the whispers of those he considers to be nothing. Uh, sounds like advice I could use. Uh, 30 posts, 54 followers, 84 following, private account. Uh, these are all people that I know. Bryson underscore stone underscore one. 14 fishing, hunting God first, and I love a good challenge. You see what I mean? Like, they're kind of people, but they're kind of not. Like, they're, and it's all like one line like that. Like, most people I follow on Instagram, like, we just go to like my home, just go home to Instagram. And this guy, uh, I guess this guy is pretty simple. He's, I like drawing, drawing is my favorite. That is pretty simple. Lethal Lightning. He's got he's like a video creator. He's got all these different things. Says it like where his channel is. It just feels like a real account. These other accounts don't feel real to me. Like they're too simple. And I'm like, what is all this? Where's this all coming from? So maybe Elon's onto something. Maybe he's right. Maybe the bots are far more widespread than Twitter or any of these social media outlets post. And doesn't that suck? Like, I find myself, on 9gag, I find myself arguing with people all the time. But I kind of like that. You know, I sort of get into it. Like, I enjoy the arguing. It's kind of what's fun about it for me. Um, because it's like, it's almost 100% anonymous. So it's like people are really having honest conversations. Now, granted, people will be much more vicious because there's no accountability. But there's also, you can't attack someone for having the wrong opinion and attach it to them because it's just an avatar, someone's anime avatar, and you know, ninja slayer or something, you know. So so people get really, you know, you get really honest takes from people. Uh, and, so you know, so I end up debating with them a lot. Um, but th- those, I feel like those are real discussions. Wouldn't it suck? If you were having like a discussion with someone online and like on Twitter, even if you're agreeing and it's just a bot, it's just not even a real person, like that would be just the worst realization. Like I just spent energy and time arguing computer code or, you know, just someone, some Russian dude or Chinese guy who's just got 40 of these accounts, you know, it's just, oh, you know, like just. Very, very weird, very strange world we live in and people inventing accounts and farming out stuff so that they can get their point across or make it seem like more people agree with them. Like, it's so weird. Like, who does that serve? Does that serve Twitter? Does that serve the agenda? Does that serve? What is that? What is that? Who's up to? It's like, it feels like, remember in um, Ghost in the Shell, there was that the, the villain would like hack people. And like just turn them into shells and just sort of like put like another personality in them so they could do other things for him. 
like it's kind of like that like there's some like mastermind hacker behind all the scenes you know just like making all these bot accounts oh that'll get these people arguing and that'll get these people arguing and then everyone will get all spun up and then you know this billionaire comes in to buy it he's like it's all bots it's all a lie twitter's bots it's bots i don't know it's just weird. it's just bizarre man just like how how could you ever account for something like that like predict that kind of a future i guess someone probably did but i sure didn't um but speaking of elon this came out a few days back but i sort of wanted to talk about it because it, it sort of it went past me and i didn't really have a time to get into it so this is the daily the uh, daily wire which you know very impartial news source um but in their defense they they don't pretend to be impartial at least they're honest about the fact that they have a conservative or right-wing slant they're not like oh hey we just report the news as we see it these are just the facts you know if you don't like it you don't like the facts they're like no no no. these are we're 100 this is what we do so i admire that more integrity than the mainstream media um but this came out and i was like wow this is wild i'm surprised this story didn't have more legs or i didn't hear more about it maybe i just wasn't listening to the right sources but just surprised I didn't hear about this. Uh, get woke, grow, go broke. SpaceX fires employees who wrote a letter blasting Elon Musk's behavior and values. I mean, the get woke, grow broke, go broke thing is. Uh, I think Sentient Dildo once described it as copium, and and I and I have kind of subscribed to that belief because it never felt right to me. I never believed it. I was like, doesn't really look like that. Looks like Disney's still kind of chugging along. I think they have the most subscribers of any subscription-based service. I mean, I, I heard their stocks down, but everyone's stocks are down. So is that is that because people are sick of it, or is it because it's just kind of the timing? I don't know. I mean, I get it. I understand. You know, people kind of have to have like you got to encourage the troops, right? You know, like when I listen to FNT, I get encouraged. You know, I really genuinely do. But then I wonder if I'm like, is this just kind of like we're supposed to be encouraged? You know, is that the truth? I'm not really sure. But anyway, SpaceX employees circulated an open air letter criticizing CEO Elon Musk for his behavior in the public sphere. Those employees now find themselves out of a job, according to a Friday report from the New York Times. Oh, that's right. And this was trending and people were trying to be like, oh, I thought you were the big free speech guy. It's like... You really think that's what he meant when he said free speech on Twitter? I think he meant, like, people should have the ability to put out opinions that you don't necessarily like. I don't think he meant call your boss an asshole. <laughs> like, like, I'm pretty – I'm, like, a fucking staunch, like, almost – I want almost universal free speech. I'm really big. I think it, sh- it should be something that we push harder for, even even harder than we do now. You should have to hear wild things all the time because it's – I think it's the only way to grow. It's the only way to deal with things. It's the only way to like snuff out bullshit too, is to like have an open, a real open discussion. But I'm not going to call my boss a dick in like some kind of like company wide petition and be like, well, it's my free speech. What? It's the First Amendment. It's like, okay, okay, yes, technically, that's true. Also, like all these people who would say that, it's like, yeah, if I just like Twittered something really nasty to you and, you know, dropped a few uh, four-letter words on you, would you just be like, well, I don't like that he's saying it, but it is his free speech. Like, no way. You would you would snap on that in a second and, and, and backlash. I'm being harassed, targeted harassment. So stop. Don't. I know you don't have any principles or integrity, but this is really going pretty far with this one. Trying to say, oh, why, why would people? I thought he's a free speech guy. Yeah, that's what you. 
that's how you interpreted that? Okay. Elon's behavior in the public sphere is a frequent source of distraction and embarrassment for us, particularly in recent weeks. Yeah, and it also constantly puts all of his brands in the media every single day, which is only good for the companies that he owns, Tesla and SpaceX and PayPal and all these things. That's only good news for those companies. And he's a media personality. You knew that when you took the job. Would you think he was going to stop? He went on Joe Rogan and smoked weed. That was like years ago. That was pre-pandemic. So what would you who do you think you were working for? I think you just don't like the fact that he's f- genuinely fighting for free speech. It's actually not just, you know, yeah, it's kind of where I land. He's like, "No, I'm going to do something about it." Whether he regrets that now or not is not really the point. I mean, he's taken Twitter by storm and turned it relatively back into a platform, though. I, I'm pretty sure I'm shadow banned on there. I get no engagement on Twitter. None. I don't have a lot of followers, but I get nothing. You know, one like, two likes, you know? Granted, you could say that my uh, tweets are terrible, which uh, you know, well, I wouldn't argue with you there. But uh, it's not like, it's like, uh, you know, it doesn't feel natural. I feel like in every other, for some reason, every other social media platform, I get at least something, 10 likes, you know, on Twitter, nothing. And I'm like, I mean, some of these are pretty clever. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think it's just like, it's simply that, oh, no, you're just not popular on Twitter yet. I'm, if I feel shadow banned. I think it probably had a lot to do with that whole weather KD dust up. Who cares? It's Twitter, whatever. Uh, Elon's behavior in the public sphere is a frequent source of distraction and embarrassment for us, particularly in recent weeks. Embarrassment? What's embarrassing about it? There's nothing embarrassing about it. You just don't like it. That's not the same thing. If anything was embarrassing, it was probably that weed smoking thing, which did dip stock prices, but then they came right back to normal. Now he's the richest man in the world. Shut up. I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, first obtained by The Verge. Oh, The Verge. Asserted, our, as our CEO and most prominent spokesperson, Elon is seen as the face of SpaceX. Every tweet that Elon sends is a de facto public statement by the company. Sort of. Not necessarily. Oh, there we go. The fleas, they keep coming back. Damn it, I hate these fleas. I hate them. They're like on his feet. Oh, my God. The ongoing saga. The ongoing Luke saga. I'm sorry, pal. I love you. I'm sorry, Buster. I'm sorry, Buster. Mushy. Um, the employees also said it is critical to make clear to our teams and to our potential talent pool that his messaging does not reflect our work and mission our values. <laughs> Exhorting SpaceX to swiftly and explicitly separate itself from Elon's personal brand. You want to get rid of the guy who founded the company because you don't like that he's pioneering for free speech? That just sounds to me like you have an agenda. I don't think he's saying any like he's kind of goofy. I would say if anything is embarrassing is like his jokes are kind of like dad jokes. Other than that, it's not like so what? Like he, all he's doing is making you money. Like how, how could you be upset by that? And it's like, well, you probably just don't like what he's saying or why he's saying it. So then shut up. You have an agenda. Those responsible for the Wednesday letter were fired by Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Boom! Turned around quick. Oops, a Daisy. And he's right. You called for the boss's head. If he still has the power to fire you, why wouldn't he? Why would he just be like, well, it's just their opinion? No, you're out of here. Beat it. You don't like working for SpaceX? Go work for Project Blue or whatever Amazon's goofy thing is. It's like light years behind what Elon's doing. Um, the Times reported on the basis of three employees' confirmation and an email obtained from the SpaceX president and COO, Gwyn Shotwell. The letter solicitations and general process made employees feel uncomfortable, intimidated, and bullied, uh, and and or angry because the letter pressured that oh pressured that pressured them to sign onto something that did not reflect their views. Oh, so these people were just going around the office like forcing people to sign this. 
Oh, that sounds like activism at work. Hardcore. We have too much critical work to accomplish and no need for this kind of overreaching activism. That's the COO. So 100% was activism then. If she's saying it was, it was. This incident occurred weeks after a flight attendant accused Musk. Oh, that whole thing. Where'd that go? Right. Accused Musk of exposing himself to her several years ago, touching her and offering to buy her a horse in exchange for erotic massage. Shotwell likewise dismissed the allegations to the company. Personally, I believe the allegations to be false, not because I work for Elon, but because I have worked closely with him for 20 years and never seen or heard anything resembling these allegations. That seems pretty reasonable. I know the guy. It doesn't really sound like him. It's not saying it couldn't have happened, but it doesn't sound like the guy I know. The letter also came as Musk made headlines for announcing that he has cast his ballot for Myra Flores, a Mexican-American Republican congressional candidate who won a historically Democrat district in southern Texas after earlier announcing that he would vote Republican in this year's midterm elections. Oh, okay, yeah. So they're just like, what? Which is hilarious because it's a Mexican-American woman. If she was a Democrat, they would all be crazy about her. She's on the left. They'd be like, this is the best person who's ever lived. But they have different ideology, and that's all they really care about. Just remember that. Every time they point out any kind of ideological or uh, identity politic thing, when they say, oh, this person is good or right because of X, Y, Z, what they really mean is this person is has the right opinions and also fits X, Y, Z categories, so we're using them as a human shield to our Marxist bullshit. That's what they're doing. Letter also came as Musk made headlines for announcing that he cast his ballot. All right, okay. Uh, Musk has been critical of other technology firms for their te- tendency towards radical progressivism. Yeah, no kidding. When Netflix shares plummeted earlier this week, Musk pinned the blame on the woke mind virus. I mean, he's just speaking the truth. If you don't like hearing about it, that's kind of on you. But he's correct. And affirmed that it represents the biggest threat to civilization. Yeah, he's 100% right. He's 100% right. Okay, I'm nearing an hour here. And uh, I can just go on being right about Elon for all for the rest of the evening. However, I cannot. However, I cannot. I need to go meet up with the other half of the culture crime fighters, Mr. Vigilante Williamson. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. We're going to go meet up in Austin and go have a drink. And I will take a picture and probably blur out his face. But I will talk all about it on the cocktail lounge on Friday evening. Make sure you're there. Eight o'clock central start time. As always, sort of, uh, following up Friday Night Tights, we go for, man, we've been going for a long time, dude. Six and a half hours, two weeks ago, almost six hours this past week. It's normally like four. I usually tap out around four. It's a lot. We don't take commercial breaks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know I'm just sitting here, but man, it's a, to talk for that long about different topics. And yeah, I, 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 I always I listen back every once in a while to like farm clips, but I get I start to cringe when I hear you know when I'm drunk when I hear the, the tail end, uh, and I, I just kind of get a little more belligerent. It's not as much fun. It's not as much fun for me. I kind of I kind of I cringe at myself. But anyway, uh, check out that show. At least check out the beginning when I'm not drunk and it's still really entertaining. Uh, no, it's a great show. We have great people on there. Catch Comics Division. Catch you know just another red shirt. Always see uh, the wake down who's now part of the Foulball Productions team. Check us out there. And also make sure you uh, like, subscribe to this show and channel. Uh, check me out on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you can get podcasts. I found out on Audible today. And in fact, my SEO is not bad because if you Google Foulball Productions podcast, this, this podcast comes up. So I'm doing something right, which is good. So downloads are up. Views on the channel are up overall. So this is a really good thing. I'm, I'm back, baby. I am back making content. Me and the wake down are killing the game. Really happy with him. He's awesome. Make sure you send him some love when you see him. And also send me some money so that I can pay my staff. 
just kidding, but not kidding. Uh, love you guys. Thank you guys so much for watching, and uh, I'll see you all in the next one. Have a wonderful day.